Hey, welcome to episode 120, We Made It Podcast. As you can see, it's your boy Bam here by myself. Caesar's out there in Hawaii, living it up, doing big things. I haven't even talked to him since he's gone. No, I'm joking. Uh, but yeah, Caesar is on vacation right now, taking a holiday out there in Hawaii, surfing or something like that, and you know, swimming with sweet sea turtles. I, I got to see uh, sea turtles in Long Beach. Caesar out in Hawaii seeing sea turtles. But uh, yeah, doing the show by myself. Unfortunately, talking about some important things today. Wish I would be talking about them with Caesar, but. He's big balling out on that colonized island over there. Um, yeah, episode 120, We Made a Podcast. Make sure you uh, check us out, we made a podcast.com, uh, at We Made a Podcast on all social media. Hopefully, this episode, I'm going to be having Dro calling in um, a little bit later to talk about Arsenal. Um, let me let me actually just check this uh, DM he just sent so I make sure I don't uh, say some false information. Um but yeah, okay, okay. We'll get drawn in about 20 minutes. Cool. We made a podcast.com. We made a podcast on all social media. Uh yeah, make sure you check us out. And make sure you check out Dro, the Gooner. He's on YouTube doing his thing. Um obviously EPL started last week. He already has a video up of that game against Newcastle. I have a bit of a recap. We're gonna talk about that, and we're gonna talk about things coming up with Arsenal and EPL and maybe some other leagues as well. Um, make sure you check out Tiki Talker Podcast. Check out their old episodes, too. You know, and go check out our old episodes, too. This is episode 120. I think this is our 133rd upload or something like that. Apologies, I will be sipping my coffee during this episode, as I used to do last year during the World Cup. But, yeah, let's get into it. Uh, I want to start off the episode by saying congratulations to Hope Solo. Uh, she will be part of the BN talent nowadays um they just announced it a few days ago that she's going to be on bn now she's going to be co-hosting a show with jeremy st louis called weekend weekend i keep on to say weekend warriors but um weekend winners starts uh what's today today's the 14th this episode will be up on the 15th this starts next monday on the 19th so that should be exciting um hope solo to my knowledge was doing some things during uh, during the women's world cup for the Guardian and for BBC, if I'm not mistaken. Um, she had a few articles and stuff like that, mostly hating on Jill Ellis, but it's all good. Um, but yeah, you know, here we made a podcast, you know, that we um, rock with Hope Solo from day one. We supported her presidency for the USSF. Uh, there was some, I, I should have went back and tried to look up this writer who basically made a joke out of her whole uh, running for office, for running for the USSF presidency. And we called him out on an episode and said that, you know, he was, he was being ridiculous. And, you know, we supported her and the things that she was talking about were important. And, you know, a lot of the things that she was talking about then, they like are starting to come up more now because the Women's World Cup. I give her a lot of credit for speaking about that stuff alone. I, I don't want to say alone. Maybe, I'm sure there were other people speaking about it too, but there weren't a whole lot of people saying like, yeah, Hope Solo's right. Um, especially like now, uh, you know, especially people at the end and stuff like that, you know, they were covering that USSF election and I didn't really see much about her candidacy back then. And I thought it was important. Not, you know, people talk about her controversy and stuff like that. Like that means nothing. She's had a lot of really 
uh, amazing and, and prescient things to say about the women's sport and the sport in general. And she's also talked about racism in the sport, too. We covered this. Uh, once again, I can't remember what episode it was, but um, it was a while ago. She had a she had an article. I want to say it was in the Guardian, and she was talking about the the the. If you if you see this video on YouTube, I'm doing air quotes, but she was calling it the ponytail posse, and um, you know she's talked about racism in the sport and and a lot of different things and the finances and stuff like that. And she's come at the USSF mafia hard body karate. So congratulations to her. Um, here we made a podcast. I, I looked this up because two years ago, this was actually. Big, pretty much exactly two years ago, August 2nd, 2017, um, on our 12th episode, we were talk. we had a whole, a whole segment about like, where are the female analysts? And, uh, you know, we, we might've put that up on YouTube as well. That might've been one of our early, uh, YouTube uploads actually, or at least a part of that. Um, but yeah, we were talking about where's the female analysts, especially here in America. Uh, most of the people, most of the on-air talent at BN are not American. Um, but we thought that it was like, how are we having the United States of America soccer media? <laughs> how come we're not having more women on there when the women are actually good and the men are terrible? But I guess part of that is that most of the male on-air talent in the United States soccer media aren't American. So, uh, like, I mean, you know, and I'm not trying to say anything bad about that, but, um, you know, usually, I mean, I watch BN. I don't really watch ESPNFC that much, but... You know, most of the time you turn on... The other day I turned on BN when they first came back. It was uh, two Canadians. Uh, Gary Bailey is British, or, or I don't know if he's claiming England or South Africa. And then uh, Thomas Rungan is, is Dutch. So, I mean, you don't really have that many American... Uh, much American on-air talent. But I'm happy to have Hope Solo, an American legend player, legendary, World Cup winner, Olympic gold winner... Um, super accomplished I really hope that, I guess I should bring this up I really hope that she don't be getting them crazy comments anybody who's ever seen a um, Hope Solo you know post on Facebook or something like that it's ridiculous in those comments I really hope that that's not the case and people soccer fans you, we got a lot of really crazy soccer fans I really hope that doesn't happen and I'm very excited to see her at BN. Uh, they also hired a new woman there. I, I forgot her name, but she's a former Canadian player. Um, so, yeah, they're doing a lot to, like, create more diversity at BN. Um, let's hope they get some more diversity. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, congratulations to Hope Solo. Baller, we named an... I think we named an episode after her. Uh, I, I can't remember the episode... It was when she was running for the USSF presidency, and we were like really like excited about it. Um, I can't remember if we named the episode after her, like something, but I did use the beat for future song solo off the Hendrix album for that episode because we does this. Anyway, yeah, congratulations to Hope Solo. Um, also, like I said, there's a lot going on in the sports world. Obviously, here we made a podcast. We don't only talk about football. We talk about Things going on in the sports world and sports world in general. Um, I saw this. This happened recently, and I saw it, and I wanted to talk about it. I do wish Caesar was here for this, but I don't want to wait till he's back because it's going to be super old by then, and you know you got to stay current these days. But because it's, it, it's already kind of not old now, but it's from four days ago. Um, 
United States Olympic medalist Race Imboden, um, gold medalist in fencing, he took a knee while uh, receiving his gold medal. Um, let me read the part of this article. I, obviously, I mean, I haven't, I, I like to actually watch some of the Pan American games, but I didn't know what channel it was on, so I didn't catch any of it this year. And um, I can't front like I've ever really watched fencing. Obviously, I, you know, watching the Olympics, you kind of come, oh, fencing, and then you just change it or go to some other sport. But um, he is a fencer. From my research, he's been winning gold medals since 2011, so he's a baller fencer. Um, he's 26 years old, so he's been winning gold medals for a minute. This is what he said about uh, him taking a knee. He said, we must call for change. Um, oh, did he put this on Twitter? Let me see. Uh, yeah, he, he, he him explaining his actions on Twitter. It looks like there's another dude uh, kneeling with him. Okay, who's that? Miles... Chamley Watson. Okay. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, that was 2017. Okay. She's been doing this for a minute. Okay. So um, he said on Twitter, race Embedden, we must call for change. This week, I'm honored to represent Team USA at the Pan Am Games, taking home gold and bronze. Baller. My pride, however, has been cut short by the multiple shortcomings of the country I hold so dear to my heart. Racism, gun control, mistreatment of immigrants, and a president who spreads hate are at the top of a long list. He continued to say, I chose to sacrifice my moment today at the top of the podium to call attention to issues that I believe need to be addressed. I encourage others to please use your plat use your platforms for empowerment and change. Um, yeah, so <laughs> he's going hard. I, I guess he's going to be sanctioned in some way. Um, okay, let me let me actually read this too. Imbinance gesture proceeded. A similar protest on Saturday by American hammer thrower Gwen Berry, who raised her fist at the end of a national anthem after winning the gold. She said, I love representing my country. America is a great country. It's the best country in the world. However, what we are standing for right now is a complete, it is complete and utter, it's extreme injustice. So look at uh, American athletes going hard at the Pan Am Games. I wonder if any other uh, country's athletes having some protests. I'd be curious to see if there was any Brazilian uh, athletes there that were saying, uh, you know, doing some stuff about Bolsonaro or something like that, whom we did talk about on this podcast many times before it was popular, by the way. Uh, <laughs> I think, damn, did we talk about him in 2017? No, we talked about Bolsonaro in 2018, a while ago. Um, yeah, so I wonder um, if there were any other athletes going hard like that. Bolsonaro's wilding out, um, and I could see many athletes, you know, standing up to him. Um, you know, the Pan American Games is like a, a real, you know, it's it's the entire America. So there's a lot of wild stuff going on with um, indigenous rights and and all kinds of wild leaders. Um, also. Carl Lewis was saying some stuff. Let me re actually read this really quick. Uh, Carl Lewis, legendary former track and field athlete. He was out at the Pan... I I I'm assuming he's a coach for... Uh, is he a coach for the USA track or no? Oh, also the Pan Am Games are, being, are, are in Peru this year in Lima. You know, future set off that Mali in that white, like, just like Peru. But um, what's his name? Um... Carl Lewis was saying that he he was calling Trump racist at the daggone uh, 
uh, Pan Am Games. <laughs> He's doubled down. Um, yeah, so it's interesting to see these athletes, um, you know, using this platform to take a stand against what they deem to be a racist president and, and things going on in the country. We had those really fatal mass shootings last week, I want to say that was. Who knows? It happens so often. Obviously, El Paso, Texas at the Walmart, and then we had the other one in Dayton, Ohio, not Toledo. And uh, I don't know what was the uh, motivation by the dude in Dayton. You know, usually those guys get the motivation treatment, if you know what I'm saying. But he seemed like he was some kind of incel and he was mad about his sister or something like that. He did kill his sister also. But the guy in El Paso was motivated by uh, outright racism and not even not even trying to fall on a side by saying that he was echoing things that the president, Donald Trump, has said. Um, those things are important, and it's really cool to me to see athletes representing sports that aren't very popular in America saying, like, you know what, here I'm on this stage, I, I did something amazing <clears throat> and instead of just towing the line you know they're, they're saying these things are important to me and they're taking a knee raising a fist just like uh tommy smith and john carlos did what what what, what olympics was that damn i want to say it was the 70s or was it the 60s shoot i, I don't remember I, I remember their names at least tommy smith john carlos um i think i'm pretty sure it's mexico city um uh, and and from what i remember that didn't like the white dude do it too i, I can't remember but um we did talk about that on our first special episode, Politics and Sports. It was in between 19 and 21 in 2017. But yeah, it's really dope to see these athletes using their platform to talk about social issues that are important to America. You know, being a professional athlete and competing on that level is very difficult. You know, you got to sacrifice a lot. And then you're sacrificing a lot going to another country, competing against some of the best in the world and, and, and getting that gold medal, even obviously the Pan Am Games are not the Olympics. But getting that gold medal at any level is is a big achievement. And Gwen Berry Race Imbenen, who's also apparently he's some kind of hip hop head as well. I guess he did an internship at Fool's Gold Records. Anybody who knows Fool's Gold is a super underground hip hop label. And uh, and apparently he's like a DJ in his spare time as well. Um, th this is what Wikipedia said. I have no idea if it's true, but I mean his name is interesting. He's from Tampa, and I guess he hanging out in in Brooklyn these days. Or something like that. Um, it's really... Uh, I lost my train of thought. But using that platform to speak out against issues that you deem important, I can respect that. Um, and for those people who think that, oh, it's only these people that speak out against, against the president, that's not true. Because you got that guy uh, in UFC... I wish Caesar was here because he would know his name. Um, you know, that guy is a big Trump supporter, and, and he's doing the same thing. I mean, he uses his platform to big up the president. So it's all fair. You know, if it was if, if, if race impotent or Glenn Barry was saying, like, yeah, you know, um, quit attacking the president or whatever, I'd be like, well, you know, using your platform to speak about the political issues you think are important. Or if they were talking about fake news or, you know... Uh, whatever the hell that dude be talking about on Twitter. 
you know, I, I wouldn't be mad at them because you're using your platform and that's what you think is important. But obviously in my politics, you know, I, I can appreciate what these people are doing. Um, so, yeah, anybody, you know, the, there's many articles and stuff about uh, Ray Simmons and what he did. And I guess it's not the first time. I guess he took a knee in 2017, too. Didn't get apparently didn't get as much uh, coverage. Um, oh, also, let, let's talk about your boy. I'm not a big MLS guy. You know, everybody knows that here we made a podcast. We don't really be covering MLS like that. Is that a bad thing? Maybe. Who knows? But um, I'm just not really that entertained by MLS. Um, I do watch MLS highlights. <laughs> every, not every team. But sometimes I'm like, oh, I want to see like this old player. Like I'll watch LAFC to see if I can catch Lee Nguyen highlight. Um, <laughs> I don't. I guess he doesn't really play that much anymore. I was watching Atlanta United to see if uh, Bre- see if I can catch a Breck Shea highlight, but I think he tore his ACL recently. Um, sometimes I watch Vancouver. I guess that's my favorite team in MLS. Um. I'm going to keep it real. Half the time I watch them because they're funny, <laughs> but uh, I'm not a big MLS guy. I don't really keep up with it. I'll, I'll check the, the standings every once in a while, and I'll see some stuff on Twitter or whatever, but it's not the league that I follow by any means. But I did see this recently. It's a, am I cloud chasing right now? Absolutely. Uh, your boy Frank DeBoer. I don't know who I'm saying your boy to. I usually say that to Caesar. He's not here. Frank DeBoer, um, coach of Atlanta United. He recently was saying that let me let me go ahead and scroll down to what this dude was talking about. He was saying that he doesn't think that equal pay well he said equal pay is ridiculous actually. Now, let me just say this. You know what? Nah, I'm actually not gonna give him that. Um usually I like to give at, like people who English isn't their first language a benefit of the doubt like maybe they got caught up but this dude coached in England for a long time and he's from the Netherlands I'm sure he's been speaking English his whole life um, so they asked him about equal pay for the for men's and women's teams I'm going to read what he had to say and then I'm going to say what I had to say because I'm not 100% sure about everything that he was talking about but I'll just read what he said quoting this article from The Guardian Frank DeBoer said, I think for me it's ridiculous. It's the same like tennis. If they're if if they are watching for the World Cup five hundred World Cup final, five hundred million people or something like that, and one hundred million for a women's final, that's a difference. So it's not the same. And of course they have to be paid what they deserve to earn and not less, just what they really deserve. If it's just as popular as the men, they will get it, because the income and the advertising will go into the and the advertising will go into that. But it's not like that. So why do they have to earn the same? I think it's ridiculous. I don't understand that. Um, should I read this part? Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll, I'll read this part. Um, he said he says um, I think it started because a woman getting under was getting underpaid, especially at managerial positions. They have to earn the same as a man. I think if you have a manager position for a bank or something, you have to earn the same as what the men did because it's not. It's not physically, just only like mentally, I guess he was saying. So why do you have to earn less? Because you're doing the same job as a man. I think it's also dropped a little bit into the sports world, sports world like tennis and soccer, but I think that's still different. Um, this article wasn't about equal pay. There were A lot of it was talking about his time at Crystal Palace where he did really bad, and I guess Mourinho said he's the worst coach in EPL or something like that. But 
I did think this was interesting. Now, I don't know if this journalist or whoever asked him about equal pay in regards to women's football across the world or like in the Netherlands or USA women's or what? Like, I don't know what exactly they asked him because he didn't address like one team or one competition. He's talking about the World Cup, I guess, but that's cool. Um, So maybe I can't speak for the Netherlands. I can't speak for them. I don't know what they got going over there. Apparently, the the Federation is trying to do something to make the women's team and the men's team pay equal. Um, this says the Royal Dutch Football Association, meanwhile, is taking the lead and committed to level the pay for men's and women's national team players. Uh, the women will receive annual raises through 2023 when their earnings for the national team service will equal their that of their male compatriots. Um let me, let me, okay, the, the drill just uh, hit me up. Um, so I don't know if, I, I guess he's against that. And you know what? It's not for me to say, but damn, dog, why are you hating? It seems like he's hating on, on that concept. Um, I don't know why, but, you know, you you would think somebody would just congratulate them. It's not taking the money out of your pocket if the women are getting paid the same as the men in the national team. Obviously, you ain't playing for them anymore. Um I don't know about the Netherlands, but the the USA women are involved in some kind of lawsuit situation with the USSF mafia to get equal pay. Apparently, they've been coming out saying the women do get paid the same or more. I don't know. As you know, here we made a podcast. We think the women should be the USA women should be paid more than the men, but they're trying to work on that. I don't know about the Netherlands, but the USA women definitely deserve more than the men. Um, also, based, I, I think it'll be a shame if this guy gets paid more than Jill Ellis was getting paid. Um, and I, I think when it comes to national teams, it's a little bit different than club teams. I don't necessarily think, I don't know, I don't even know if Manchester United, or let's say Juventus. Like, I don't think necessarily the Juventus women's team should get paid as much as the Juventus men's team. But if they did, I'm, I'm down. But when you're talking about national teams, when, like, the women's team is baller and the men's team is garbage, or, like, just not they've never reached the levels as the men why is it that the women got to get paid less like why just because there's not as many people to go watch of course there's not (laughs) but that's not their fault they're going out there and proving it every single time they play let's just speak for the usa men's and women's if the usa men could get on any level (laughs) close to the women then sure, they, their their pay should be close. But the women go out there and perform. They're the pride of soccer in this country, not uh, the USA men. Um, but Frank DeBoer is a hater, it seems like. Um, okay, let me go ahead and get into some quick game recaps. And then I'm going to call Dro, and we're going to have him on speakerphone. And hopefully it works like it did last time. Uh, let me just send this text really quick uh, so he knows what number I'm calling for, calling from, and he actually picks up. Bang. Um, okay. So, of course, I watched a bunch of games this weekend. It was opening weekend for Liga and EPL. Just going to get to the stuff really quick before I call Dro. Um, I did watch Monaco Leon. Oh, it was a dope game. Um, 
Seth Fabregas got that red card. I'm not going to get into the whole recap. I wish I I could. Uh, Memphis Depay had a gangster goal, nutmeg the Monaco's goalie from like way far out. It was a two-goaler, as I call them. Um, Seth Fabregas got some red card tripping out here. I w- in the 20th minute, I was talking about Ronnie Lopez looking a little rusty. Ronnie Lopes. But don't even matter. They just swapped him out uh, with uh, we Sam... Uh, Blue Benjamin Franklin Yetter, uh, Wissam Ben Yetter's going to uh, coming to Monaco and uh, Ronnie Lopes going to Sevilla. I think that's a cool move. I think um, it seems like Falcon might leave, but um, I think somebody like Wissam Ben Yetter who can kind of play anywhere in that front three or two or whatever they want to do, I think that'll be good for them. Uh, Monaco looked kind of whack, but I think it's because they started some really young players at positions that were vital. Um, but they still have Kieta Ball Day, and they still have Jovetic, and they, I think they can get back on track. Lyon looked really good. Hopefully their defense can go hard. Oh, d- what's his name? Uh, Denier, the center back, was uh, the captain, and I'm tripping that that dude's 24. This dude's like, like he's 44. Uh, I also watched West Ham versus City. A few things. Um, I did not know West Ham still had Lanzini, the fake Italian. <laughs> uh, <laughs> let me stop. Uh, and they still got Carlos Sanchez. I thought that was no. I think he tore his ACL last year or something like that. Um, I didn't realize Rodri, the dude that they got from uh, Atleti, was so big. The dude's huge. Uh, what was the score of this game? Oh, 5-0. Oh, Raheem Sterling got a uh, hat trick. Can't believe that he didn't get a FIFA best nod. Uh, in the beginning of the game, it didn't really look that great for City, but then they ended up destroying them. Uh, City looking for that three-peat. Um That'll be dope if they do. I'm down, whatever. As long as uh, some other whack team don't win the EPL. Um, oh, I put on Twitter too. Should I? No, whatever. Um, I did watch Tottenham versus Aston Villa only so I could do an Indombele tracker. And I did. Um, he started off the game kind of slow, but I put in the first half. He had five good plays, no bad plays. In the second half, I put that he had, I think I have two bad plays. One, two, three, four. Four good plays. Um, or maybe five good plays, actually, but one of them was a goal. Um, it was a shot, I think it was off after a corner, fell to him. The shot did get deflected, but it went in. Um, so he the, the Spurs won 3-1, but he definitely started off that scoring with that goal, broke the deadlock. He got subbed off late. Um, I did watch a Lille versus Nantes to do a Timothy Weah tracker. Got to be honest, he had a bad game. In the first half, I put that he had four bad plays, two good plays, in the second half, I put that he had one good play and two bad plays, and one of them was a yellow card, and then he got subbed in the 68th minute. He had a bad game. Um, a, a couple sparks, I guess you could say, but it didn't It didn't look good for him. Honestly, I'm going to keep it real. Timothy Weah, say what you want, but he might be a right back on the low. Um, I did not watch Man U versus Chelsea, but I know that the score was 4-0. I think Pogba had two assists, which I thought was good, and Daniel James scored. Oh, I did look at the starting lineup, and that's why I didn't watch it, actually, because I'm like, yo, you're starting Black Barkley, uh, Tammy Abraham, and some dude named Mount? Who is that? I'm like, there's no way Chelsea's going to win this game. I also watched PSG versus Neem, uh, mostly to see the starting lineup, and then to see if Mbappe would actually pass the ball to Cavani. I did think it was cool that um, uh, Cavani took the penalty. PSG won 3-0. It, didn't, it wasn't a free-flowing game, but I think part of that was because Marquinhos was in at a seat at playing CDM. And I think they need Marquinhos to be playing center back. 
And I, I guess the guy Idrissa Gay is a is a CDM, and I think once they have him in there, they'll do a lot better. Um, but yeah, let me call Dro right now, and I can get into my Danny Ceballos tracker. We can talk about Arsenal. Um, let me see this really quick. Apologies for the delays, but um, let me see. This is his number that I have saved already. Yes. So I'm going to call Dro on speakerphone. Bang. Uh, let me turn the speaker on. Apologies. And let me go ahead and give him a call. Bang. I'm going to cover the ringing part so you don't got to hear all that. Dro. Bro. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, hold on one second, actually, because I think uh, I'm trying to get it on the Bluetooth, and it didn't work. Let me call you right back. Okay. Of course it, of course it uh, has an issue. Let me call him back. We made it podcast.com. Yeah, gotcha. Can you hear me? Why is it not connecting to the Bluetooth, though? Um, let me try that. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, cool. There it is on the Bluetooth. Um, all right, man. Let's hope. Hopefully, this uh, works as good as it did last time. Um, if not, then whatever. Uh, I'm doing the episode by myself. Caesar's out in Hawaii, big balling. How you, how you doing, man? Yeah, I've seen him on Twitter. Yeah, dude, look at this dude. Show, Left your boy behind. Uh, call me wh- call me when he got there. I was like, hey, I'm in Hawaii. I'm like, damn. <laughs> Must be nice. <laughs> I'm joking. He, he let me know before he's leaving. Um, what's going on, man? Uh, you, you, uh, you, Arsenal starting off with a win. You know what, man? It was even though it was one zero, it was a good win in my opinion last week. Oh, I, I think so too. That type of game last year, we would have drawn or we would have lost. So I'm, I'm happy with those three points. Oh, absolutely. I, I, I watched. Um, I didn't watch the entire game. I think I. Uh... What did I do? I think I just watched the second half. I, you know what? I'm going to keep it real. I watched until uh, uh, Danny Ceballos got in because <laughs> I just wanted to see when he was in. Um, oh, wait. No, wait. He started the game. No. Ceballos uh, came off the bench. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Okay, because I'm looking at the wrong notes. Okay. Um, yeah, I watched it when he got on. And it, honestly, I said the same thing. After watching Arsenal a lot last year, at the end of the game, I was like, Newcastle's definitely going to score. Yeah, that was my fear, too. Um, especially when your boy uh, Gucci Headband came on. He was making mm-hmm. some moves and making some runs. So I definitely thought, like, man, they're going to score. And we're going to have to really fight hard to come back. And it's going to end up being 1-1. One, one. It's going to be a one point from the game. We should have got three from So yeah, that's what that he was able to, to get that one. Yeah, there was one point in the, in the match when I seen uh, uh, 
St. Maximus, he like dropped back deep. I was like, oh man, he's he's trying to get it cracking. Because he used to never do that. I was like, him dropping back at that midfield to get it cracking, I was like, oh, they're, they're going to score. But Arsenal held it out. Yeah, man, uh, especially when I saw him coming down that particular side of the, uh, the field, because I know um, Ainsley Manning Niles, he wants to get forward a lot. Mm. So when I see him coming down that point, I was like, ooh, man. With soccer teams and changes in the middle, I was just like, oh, man, he's probably going to chop one of these dudes, start cutting in on him and put a shot on goal. Yeah, he can do it. Um but yeah, I, well, let me just say my Danny Ceballos tracker. I know that you, um, I know that you are saying you know you got to give him some time, and I agree with you. But I never thought that he was a good player when he was at Real Madrid. So my Danny Ceballos tracker, I had him two good plays and four bad plays. He gave that ball away a few times with some, you know. Yeah. Um... My only concern about him is adapting to the English name. Yeah. A lot of guys from that region of the world come up to England because it's, you're not playing games in, uh, in Sevilla. You're not playing games in uh, Los Palmas. You know, you're up here at Newcastle. You have to go to Manchester when it's rainy. Like, it, it's August, and it, and it looks like December at the Newcastle match. So yeah. um, I worry about that, and I worry about uh, him adapting to the, the physicality of the, uh, uh, of the English name. Especially mm-hmm. in the middle of the park, guys are guys are coming at you hard, strong, and fast. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, sometimes the players are judged kind of harshly, and I feel like um, it's not always fair because you know people don't understand sometimes, like with a midfielder, like or, or or a certain position. If you're used to having certain players around you that like the defense has to focus on, you're going to have more space. Um. Yeah. So, but in the in EPL, like, well, in that game, Lacazette wasn't playing. Um, there's some other players that's like, starts. yeah. The, 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 there's other players that are gonna like the the defense is gonna be a little bit more attractive to them, so you can get more space. But honestly, I don't feel like Denny Ceballos is like. It was interesting to me to see that hype train for him. I'm like, <laughs> I, 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 honestly, I was just like, there's no reason for that. Like he's He's been average. Like, he's had, I guess he had a good season at Betis, and that's why uh, Real Madrid wanted him there. But, like, there was a reason why he couldn't get on the pitch. And I've seen him in in transition and do stuff. I'm just like, this guy is not athletic. And I saw some hints of that in that game, too. Well, you know, me and you have already discussed it on Twitter. If, if, if anything else is a wrong um I don't think he wants. I don't think he sees his future at Arsenal. I'm, I'm necessarily going to see his future at Arsenal. So he, we can always return the signal on that one. But hopefully, once we get um, Aubameyang to his left, Lacazette in front of him, Pepe to his right, yeah. hopefully that will create space, more space for him or any other midfielder. I'm talking about Nigozo to um, uh, that space will open up and give them more opportunities to uh, make passes, as well as what I want from that team role. I want somebody to put a shot in on goal. Yeah, like I want somebody to be able to pick the ball up, drive that goal with that space being created. And if you're outside the box, you sit on top of it and put one on. You never know what happens. Reflection, bouncing, somebody could uh, it could hit the goalkeeper, parry it back into the path of somebody else. But and and um, if anything else, he's a squad player. He, he yeah. Depth. Uh, be able to rotate players and keep players fresh 
you playing in England, you playing in your the three domestic cup competitions plus your uh, plus your world league. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you, you, okay, let me let me, I'm gonna be honest. The thing that this is what bothered me actually when I was seeing people on Twitter, you know, putting the Arsenal starting eleven, and they were putting Ceballos and not putting Guendouzi, and I'm like, yo, like. How good of a season does Guendouzi have to have last year? And y'all are just putting him out for Danny Ceballos. I'm like, dog, the best, that double pivot is Torreira and Guendouzi. Like, them two on the field together get it cracking. I don't know why somebody's just going to take him out like Danny Ceballos. Is it just because he's from Spain? Like, what's the deal here? I think there are two different things. There's one, he's from Spain, he's from Real Madrid. Okay. Also, tactically, I think a lot of people think of the four-two-three-one the way Arsene Wenger played the four-two-three-one in his later years. Mm. I totally disagree with. Mm. Some people, because back when Wenger was the manager, we would play Francis Cockerman and Santi Cazorla. So you would basically have an attacking midfield and double fit with somebody that could pick the ball up, dribble through people, to get up top. Me personally, I don't prefer to play it that way. I prefer to play it the way Portugal played it in the. Uh, Way for nations where you have uh, a defensive midfielder who's more defensive, and you have a defensive midfielder who can carry the ball. It's like um, Portugal did in the Way for Nations League final. They had Danilo Pereira who would stay and drop and split the two center backs once those fullbacks pushed high. And then you would have William Cavallo that would carry the ball, take it over the pitch, and break up tackles. Uh-huh. I totally agree with you. I want to see Torreira and Benduzzi in that double pivot. But, um, Guerrero dropping back, cutting off any pass lanes, and Gunduzi picking the ball up, dribbling a little higher, and uh, playing passes to our playmaker. So I think it's, it's, the, it's the, un, the ability uh, not to disbanger themselves and also the, um, the idea of here comes this big player from this big club. He must be great. He must start him. And I, I don't necessarily think he's a starter. I think he's a rotational player depending on our opponents. Yeah, and I... And I hope that he doesn't, I mean, because honestly, I feel like he won't end up being a starter. I hope that he doesn't, like, sulk on the bench and stuff like that. Um, because if if I'm not mistaken, while he was at Real Madrid, there were some reports about him being upset about his playing time. I don't know how true that was or if it was his agent or something. But, um, yeah, honestly, like, having watched Arsenal so much last year, Guendouzi is so good. And, 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 and in this game, too, like, you don't see too many midfielders that just when they get the ball, they turn their head forward and, and is just dying to pick out a pass. And there was a play um, in this last game against Arsenal too. I'm, I'm sorry, against Newcastle, where he like put one over the top for uh, Aubameyang. And I think Aubameyang missed it or hit it wide or something like that. I don't know if you remember. Oh, yeah. Matter of fact, you know, it, it's funny that you're talking about this because I just got, um, I literally just finished uh, having a, a pretty good, uh, I was having a good argument with another Arsenal supporter about um, our defense in the field. If you go back and watch that match, what you'll see, and if you watch a lot of Glenn Dizzy, that what you'll see is, is when he receives the ball from the center backs, mm-hmm. he's already checking over his shoulders to where to play the ball. Always. If you watch Grant and Xhaka, Randy Jacques is actually, when, when the ball is past him, he, he's watching the ball come at his feet. And he looks at, he looks at the ball until it touches his feet, and then he looks up to make a play. It's like, with pressure in the Premier League and where you are positioned, you can't afford to do that because if you do that against a Liverpool, you do that against a Tottenham, 
those guys are going to be on top of you fast, hard, and quick. So you can't, that split second, you don't have the time for that. And Kondusi's already thinking a play ahead. That's what we ask any good meal for them to check your shoulder before we shoot them all. And that's why I think he's absolutely essential to what we want to do and what we need in our midfield. Yeah, he, he trusts his feet. He he trusts his feet. <laughs> he knows that yep. he's going to get that. He, he he trusts that he can control the pass. He's not scared of the ball. Like, and you see yeah, it. I mean, you know what? I say, I don't want to seem like I'm just talking or talking crap about Randy Jocker. I think he'll be a decent player if you put him in Serie A. If he played for a Rome, if he played somewhere yeah, we had yeah. more time on the ball. I agree. He'd be a, a totally different player. Yeah, no, Grand Jacques is decent. Honestly, I don't think he's bad for, for uh, Arsenal, but, like, as uh, every game kind of – like, if you're depending on him, there's only so far you can go. When you got Gunduzi – when you got Gunduzi, oh, to- yeah, yeah. Torreira, like, those two, like, I mean, who, whoever is the recruiter dude who got those two guys in, like, especially that Gunduzi, this dude came from League Dub. Yeah, I think – yeah, Gwendozi was actually a um, Una Emery pick because uh, Una Emery was scouting him and he was the PSG manager. Damn. Lorient, uh, from what I've heard, because I, I mean, I can't watch the league, too. Um, they seem to, produce, seem to be producing some really top quality players. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, but, yeah, going back to you saying Granite Jacques, like, Granite Jacques is cool. Like, that's fine. You know what I mean? Like, that, that's that's a dude, like, yeah, he'll get you a yellow card. He'll You know, he'll do some stuff for you. But if you're really trying to play football, Arsenal has the players. Honestly, Granite Xhaka might be better playing center back. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got Gwendozi. You know what Granite Xhaka, the issue with Granite Xhaka was, I think, I know me personally from, like, just talking to a lot of Arsenal fans, I think we misunderstood the type of player he was. Mm. We thought we were getting, like, some super strong defensive midfielder that was going to put in tackles and cut off passing lanes and spray beautiful balls for it. Mm. It's almost like it's the exact opposite. He would, Granite Jock would be probably better in a possession-based team, a team that was slow, a team that knocks the ball around. Yeah. Um, a team with, with actually super, super solid uh, central defenders so he could get forward more. Mm-hmm. Like, when he plays for Switzerland, even though it's an absence, he plays in a totally different role. He's further up the pitch. He scores more goals. I think he's more comfortable in that role because if you watch, if you watch this play, when we set up uh, tactically, when the fullbacks push high, one of those central defensive midfielders needs to split the center backs or they need to go to one side of the center back creating the back three. A lot of times when Granny Jocker is there, he, he is the one that's in the middle fourth. So mm. he'll take somebody like Wendelsey who's um, skill set would be better suited going forward, but he knows tactically. Oh, I'm playing with Grant Jocker. I have to drop that to cover. Or with um, Lucas Torreira, and Torreira wants to push up. He's looking like, oh man, I'm about to play next to Grant Jocker. Let me play this short ball off and get back to where I'm supposed to be because I know that he's not going to um, track back to being the right spot. Yeah. You know, honestly, it's it's just one of those things when I watch Gwendozi, like, I mean, I, I'm not trying to just ride him the whole time, but it's just so impressive to me because, like, there's a lot of these, especially midfielders or whatever, they get a lot of praise, Rabio being one of them. And I watched a million Rabio games, and I can count on one hand how many times he got the ball and looked forward and tried to, like, cut a pass through the through the defense. When Gwendozi yeah. does that, like every time, right? like a lot of the mid, a lot of these guys are just 
uh, back pass uh, billies, like just get the ball, look tentatively, and just pass the ball back. And that's boring. Gwendozy is like, let me get this ball and try to find this pass so we can get it going. And he rarely makes mistakes. But even if he was to make some mistakes doing that, like, you know, the, the ball get intercepted or whatever, like you can forgive it. But it, even yeah, because, and also um, you can forgive him because he'll make up for it. He loses the ball. I tell you what, when Ducey's tracking back, he's running his ass. Oh yeah, yeah. Try to win that ball back. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll be honest with you, we should, we're I, we're we're grateful to have him do this. Look at him. I feel like he's a player that could have easily been scouted by PSG and PSU for the time. He could have easily been scouted and ended up playing for Barcelona or mm-hmm. another club. But luckily, we were able to get this guy in. Room. And like you said about making a four pass, um, literally the day we signed Nicola Pepe, the I think it was the next training session, it was Nicola Pepe, Guendouzi, and Aubameyang walking together through training. Oh, yeah, you know their homies. And, yeah, and Lacazette was showing around Nicolas Pepe the first day. So you speak about that quick connection, like, oh, I'm a little bit more comfortable. You can speak our language, I can relax. Yeah. And you put that guy, you put uh, Guendouzi back there in that double pivot with those three up top, the, the passes he could spray around the pitch. I could see this guy splitting defenses apart on his name. Oh, yeah. You know Gwendouzi and Lacazette and them speaking that ratchet French to each other. Just real, oh, yeah, yeah, all the slang. Now, you know, you say that, it's a video on YouTube about, like, I forgot what they call it, but it's like a slang hood French that they speak in Paris. <laughs> like they say things backwards, but it's only, like, only people from that neighborhood understand. Hey, you know oh, they man, get it cracking. You know yeah, you know they jamming some MHD, some Kyrus. Uh, <laughs> they, they are over there saying, all, cracking jokes on everybody. Uh, Unai, Unai Emery speaks French. Like he's, I don't, I don't know if he's like great. I mean, obviously he was at PSG, and I think part of the reason they wanted him is because he speaks French. But you know, like, them four are, like, saying stuff that Unai Emery don't understand because he speaks some more formals French. I'm sure they're having a blast. And I would imagine Granit Xhaka speaks French, too. What was that? I would imagine Granit Xhaka speaks French, too, being from Switzerland. Uh-oh. I would think so. Um, I know he's from Albania. Well, I mean, I think, if, I'm, if, 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 if I'm not mistaken, he, he grew up when he was young. Yeah, yeah, he grew up in Switzerland. I would imagine he speaks French too. Um, but yeah, I, I'm excited to watch Arsenal. I'm probably going to be watching them again this season. Um, but I'm, I'm not going to. Last year, I was doing that Guendouzi tracker. I'm not going to, and I was doing Torreira tracker. I'm not going to do that this year. But um, what, what are you predicting for Arsenal this year, man? Honestly, uh, I think we could snatch third. I think third is up for grabs. It's going to be a tight contest, uh, contest between us and um, Tottenham, but I think third place is up for grabs. Um, if, if we just if we continue to do what we did Sunday and just get results out of matches that we should, yeah, then we'll be sitting nice and third because you have to think about City and Liverpool are miles ahead of everyone else. So you can you can expect not to get points from those games, but all those other uh, matches. Um, I, the matches that we were supposed to get a draw, uh, let's get three points out of The matches we were supposed to lose, let's get a draw. That's what I really want to see. Mm-hmm. Then, um, to be honest with you, I know United smashed Chelsea, but I wasn't impressed by that. Like, Chelsea, with, the only reason why Frank Lampard got that job is because he's Frank Lampard. He, he has done nothing to prove himself worthy of a manager. And honestly, I, I could see Chelsea finishing seventh or eighth. 
Um, United, that was a flash in the pan. Uh, they sold uh, Lukaku, so uh, I wonder who's going to get the goals from them. I, I know they like uh, Rashford and uh, Martial, but those two guys to me are more speed uh, versus accuracy. Um, and like I said, uh, Tottenham, they, um, I think they're going to concentrate on winning the trophy. I think the boy Pochettino needs to win the trophy because at the corner of his eye, he's eyeing that Real Madrid job. He's waiting for um, the Sedan to quit so he can just mm. jump ship. Mm. He's waiting for Solskjaer to get fired United so he can jump ship. So mm. I think he wants to win the trophy just to put it on their resume. So I think they're going to prioritize uh, the uh, Champions League and thinking they can possibly be the next Liverpool and make it back to a final, which won't happen. <laughs> but uh, like I said, I think he can finish third. Honestly, last season, Arsenal finished fifth. They lost their last three games. If they got three points out of those last three games, yeah. they would have been third. Two points behind yeah, Chelsea. Two, two points behind Chelsea at third. Literally, it lost the last yeah. three games. All you needed was three points. You would have been third. Yeah. So, yeah, so, I, so, I think so, it was, um, people want to blame Emery, but it was squad depth. Like you can't ask the man to make apple pie and you give him cornbread mix. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, and you also you also went to the yeah also went to the Europa League yeah. final too. So you're going you, you got you got a lot going on there. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, he had to with guys being injured, guys not being 100. percent He's just literally just robbing Peter to play ball. Yeah, it was tough. It was tough last season for them. But yeah, so I mean, honestly, I think I think Arsenal's close. I'm predicting the second place finish, and I'll tell you why. Mane and and uh, and what's his name, Mohamed Salah. Yo, there's only so much you can do. Mane went all the way to the uh, Africa Cup of Nations final. Yeah. Salah, like, yeah. okay, that the two seasons ago he had you know broke a record or something with goals. Last season, I mean, it was like twelve less goals or something like that. Although he still won. The golden boot tied with uh, Aubameyang and and somebody else, um, but I don't think three seasons in a row. Like I think he's going to decline more. I think Mane's going to get burnt out over some time. Um, you're not going to really make it happen with the Rigi and whoever else they got over there. Like that's that's cute, but like you're not going to be like top of the league with like a Rigi and uh, and Firmino playing with each other. I'm predicting the injury between one of those two guys, or at least just like tired legs. Uh, Chelsea, I'm not, I'm not, they, they started some dude named Mount. I'm like, who, who, who the hell are these people? Uh, yeah. and, and Giroud's like on his last leg. It's, it's not going to, it's not going to happen. Um, man, you, that's not going to happen. Who knows if Paul Pugba's leaving? If he leaves, then it's over for them. Um, Tottenham, hmm. Uh, I don't know about Tottenham. Honestly, like, I don't know, like, they they get trophy hunting this year, th- huh? I think they're trophy hunting. I think they're going to prioritize. Oh, you think so? Okay, yeah. Like, hey, he has to. He has to get a trophy. He has to, dude. He has to. I don't think he is, but to show what he did at time. I don't think he is. Honestly, like the the city is just looking incredible. Like city's ridiculous. That ain't yeah. ain't nobody. There's no way you're getting getting city. But honestly, I can see Arsenal, like with that team, they need to get some dis- defensive depth. And I don't know if it'll be, like, I don't know who they can get necessarily. But, like, if you can get somebody at center back or some kind of, like, right, like just somebody that can really get it cracking in, in, in a defensive manner, 
I see second for Arsenal, honestly. Yeah, um, I, I, I'm, I, I totally agree with you with the uh, defensive reinforcements. I'm not sure if we'll make a move in January. Um, that, that's might, that's what that's what needs to happen. Later in the transfer window, we will link with uh, Uka McConnell, the French center back who plays for uh, RB Leipzig in the Bundesliga. And I know you guys don't rate the Bundesliga. No, no, no. Uka McConnell is a beast. No, I don't not rate the Bundesliga. I just don't watch it. <laughs> I like. <laughs> I'm sure there's ballers there. Like, I just don't, I, I'm just not up on it like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I plan on doing, uh, um, I plan on doing Boogie's Wicked Reviews this year as well. Okay. And I'm going to, um, I'm going to do an Open McConnell tracker. You guys have inspired me to do a uh, player tracker, so I'm going to do an Open McConnell tracker. He's a center back? Yeah, center back. And all, his center back partner at Leipzig is um, Kanote. Okay. Another young French player. Yeah. I watched those guys in the German Cup final, and those two guys were I was just like, Balling? even if they get out of position tactically, they have the skill set to make up for it. Mm. Okay. So I'm quick enough on my feet. I can toe poke a ball with it. I'm quick enough on my feet. I can recover if somebody gets in behind. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to keep it real. Like, it's, it's hard to do, um, like, a center back. Well, it's not that hard, but it's hard to do, like, a forward or like a center back. Usually it's easier to do a midfielder because like they're always in the screen, you know? Yeah. Um, and sometimes, yeah, yeah, yeah. sometimes a center back is like doing some stuff that like you can't necessarily see, but it's important. But center back's not that, that difficult. But like I tried to do a forward one time and I was like, eh. <laughs> they don't really touch the ball enough to really yeah. do a tracker like that. But I guess you can do like, you know, times they win the ball, times they uh, do a good pass. There, there's... There's ways to do it, but um, yeah, no, that'd be dope. Honestly, like that's how you really see how good a player is if you're if you're watching them the whole game. Like I'm watching this person. Obviously, you're seeing the whole game, but it's like, yo, like, what's your touch looking like? What are your pa- where are your passes passes going? Are they mostly back passes? Are they mostly sideways passes? Are you looking forward? Those things like that are important. Yeah, it's just like what um. Like what Vicente Del Box said about um Sergio Busquets, he was like, you know, if you watch Busquets, you can watch the whole game. Mm, damn bars. The way the way everything just flows through. I seen Busquets do some stuff. I'm like, I'm really annoyed that this guy is this level of an athlete. And 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 America sucks at soccer. Like this, it just really annoys me. This dude is so good. You know, he's like not really athletic at all. <laughs> but he's such a good soccer player, and America can't have nobody. <laughs> like, <laughs> like you got Christian, super Christian foolishness. Yeah, like we got like one dude, but like Sergio Busquets is like literally one of the best players in the world. He's ridiculous, and his, his athleticism yeah. level is so low. Like it just blows my mind that you can't have one American baller midfielder dude. But like, they got this guy who's like. You know, if you put him in some shuttle drill, he's probably horrible. <laughs> but but he's an amazing soccer player. Um, I wanted to ask you too, uh, what what you think, uh, like who who you think the league winners are going to be from uh, La Liga, Serie A, and Bundesliga? Like, what do you expect in those uh, leagues? Um, Bundesliga, I think it's going to be a three way title race. I'll be honest with you. I, I think the Bundesliga is going to be the most exciting league. Okay. Uh, to watch this shit because you have um, Bayern, 
mm-hmm. didn't accomplish what they needed to accomplish in the transfer market. Uh, I know they just signed Perisic, but they missed out on Lavar Sane. Um, Dortmund has, had a massive rebuild, bringing in Thornton Hazard, and bringing in um, Nico Schultz at left back. They also um, brought in um, a winger, but I'm, I'm drawing a blank on his name. Um, but that's going to be a super interesting title race. Um, Syria A. Well, who's who's the other team you're thinking? In Bundesliga. Oh, um, I'm sorry. Um, Bundesliga is a three-way title race. Uh, Bayern, Munich, uh, Borussia Dortmund, and uh, RB Leipzig in a three-way okay. title race. I think that's going to come down to the last couple of weeks of the season. Okay. Um, Serie A, I think Inter will try their best to challenge um, Juventus. Mm. But I, I still see Juventus winning. Um Inter in second, Napoli in a distant third. Ooh. Um, I do I think, mean, I think Lukaku's going to turn I'm gonna go, up. I'm gonna, what's that? I, I think Lukaku's oh, yeah. going to, I think he's going to turn up. Oh, yeah, he, I think he's going to go absolute beach mode. Yeah, I think he's going to have all those United fans crying, man. I think he's going to be so good of Serie A, dude. <laughs> I'm going to say 20 plus goals. From, oh, I'm uh, easy, uh, easy. Like 25 goals. He might be challenging for Higuain's record. Yeah, I see it. And, and plus, uh, Conte, one of them, Conte's going to set that system up for him. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, I, I see some exciting stuff happening. Uh, in Spain, I'm going to I'm gonna go out on a limb because I haven't heard anybody say this. Uh-oh. Atletico Madrid. Ooh, okay. Okay. Jao Felix is going to light it on fire. Because mm. they're already solid defensively. And then the fact that he's going to allow some of those players to kind of roam a little bit more. Got Ken and Trippier getting up on the side. <laughs> Come on, Dro. Dro, you didn't just drop Trippier. Come on now. Hey. Black Trippier? Certain players need to challenge themselves. Okay, all right. I have a point to prove. I think my man got a – I think Trippier got a point to prove. He's like, look, I'm black. Especially with the Euros coming up. <laughs> Y'all sleeping on me. Y'all know I'm black. You know me. Who else I didn't know was, was black? Well, I don't know I if he – Ross Barkley was black. Oh, we've been talking about Black Barkley for so long. <laughs> you know I what's funny? I know the dude was a brother. Dog, okay. You know what's funny? I was saying that Ross Barkley looked black. I was like, dude, I was like, see, he looks kind of black to me. Then, literally, uh, like, some sometime after that, he got into, like, a fight or something at a bar because the, the dudes were saying racist stuff to him because his grandpa is Nigerian. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, yo, I knew, I, I, I know my people. So, but K- Kieran, yeah. Kieran Trippier is not claiming it. But it's gonna come out at some point. His black dad is gonna show yeah, up. Gotta get the haircut off. Yeah, his black dad is gonna show up years later and be like, "Hey, man, son, <laughs> try to get on a reality show or something." <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah I think Atletico is gonna take the lead. Okay, Atleti. Because I think Bar- Real Madrid. That's too. They're under a rebuild. But yeah, they, they are. Don't- I don't think Florentino Perez is going to allow the time that it takes to go through a, a true rebuild. They got some bad signings. Interfere with that Jadon. Yeah, I think he's going to piss off Jadon. 
And I think Barca, I think they're putting all their eggs. Leon and Messi came out and said it like it's basically Champions League or bust. Well, they said that last season too. He he said the same exact thing last season, yeah. and then laid that egg against Liverpool in the second leg. Yeah, and blames everyone else. Oh no, I take it back. The media blames everyone else. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah, I can see Atleti. Honestly, I can't see Real Madrid. Like I, I feel like they just didn't really make the signings they needed to. Um, no. But but yeah, I, can, I, I mean, I would say between Barcelona and and Atleti. Um, but obviously, Real Madrid, I would imagine is going to be in there. Who knows? Maybe uh, I, I like Valencia a lot. Maybe they can push it a little bit. But I don't know. Um, if if I, I think if Condobia can stay healthy, I think they can push it a bit. Um, yeah. But yeah, okay. Yeah, I pretty I, I agree with that. I, don't, I mean, yeah, I don't know Bundesliga, but yeah, I can see Serie A. I'm not going to talk about, huh? I'm not going to talk about the league one title race. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, Toulouse is going <laughs> to <Sure. laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I mean, who knows? Lyon look good. Lyon look good. If they can if they can keep their if, – yeah. if Lyon can, like, just not lose the games that don't make any sense – they can push. Honestly, they got a solid team. I, I kind of like, I, mean, I can't say I like their front three more than PSG, but their front three is a beast front three, dude. Traore, um, um, yeah. Dembele, and Memphis Depay. Like, that's a beast in ass front three. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, the, the, it's like you those matches against, like, or yeah, yeah, they just lose the them w- random matches. They would just lose from a mentality perspective. If they can change that, then like you know, they can push it. So no hope for Marseille. Your boy Adil Rami's out here wilding out. Your boy like Marseille is just too ratchet, dude. Like honestly, I just feel like the fans to put too much pressure, and I feel like it's like some mafia down there holding players' families hostage, and they just can't get motivated. Yeah, man, Marseille has always been, uh, like, I've always followed them on the square field. Yeah, they, 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 that's, that's not going to happen. <laughs> Marseille, so, so. So, man, what's going to happen with your boy Neymar? I don't know. I have no idea. Honestly, like, Neymar is, like, I guess he's going to go to Barcelona, but my question is, can he, can he fit back into the Barcelona system? Can he humble himself? Because he's been playing like he's the the, the number one guy for so long. Uh, well, for these past two yeah. seasons, going backwards with the ball, we'll see if he can do it. I don't see what he plays. Yeah, me neither. What me neither. In Barcelona? Me neither. I don't know. He's going to play him as an overlapping fullback? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> hey, Drew, hold on one second. I have to handle something yeah. for two seconds. If you want to talk about Arsenal, go ahead. I just have to run for two seconds. Oh. Go ahead, man. Okay. Go ahead and uh, talk shit about uh, Ozil. <laughs> oh, man. Um, Mesut Ozil. This, this is Mesut Ozil's break of uh, make season. Uh, with Aubameyang, Lacazette, and uh, Pepe in front of him, he should break his own assist record. Like, there's no excuses. And I'm not just talking about Mesut Ozil. I'm talking about the Mesut Ozil fanboys on Twitter all the Mesut Ozil fan pages out there that talk crap and continuously post uh, videos from five years ago of some assist you made in some Bulgarian team in the Europa League. Like, like please stop it. Like, this is his year. With, that, with those attacking options, with, with midfielders behind him, they're able to get him the ball. 
the, the man should really light it on fire. He, he really should. But who knows? I, I'll be honest with you. I, I think the guy's just, just going to hang out, see out his contract. And he's going back to Turkey on the free. You know, he, he, he's cool with the uh, with Erdogan, the um, prime minister. So that that's the move I see from him. I don't. Uh, I question this. Like I say, this is going to be his make or break. Yeah, it's about his work ethic. How bad do you want it? Here's the plate. It's set up on the circle platter for you. Can you um, can you produce or can you not produce? How, how do we get Ozil to MLS, yo? Glad we got to talk about Arsenal. Um, I'm like a, I'm like a, I can't say I'm an Arsenal fan, but like, I love watching them now. You're you're part of that. Oh, appreciate that, man. Yeah. Um, uh, just one fan trying to give my perspective on it because I get tired of, I get tired of regular football media. I get tired of the other people that are, uh, not all the other people, there's some really cool people within the Arsenal community. Yeah, man. And and keep the videos coming, man. I like watching them, especially like after I watch the game too. Like I like to hear like what you have to say about it too. Oh yeah, same here, man. Like you, you guys are on my uh, on my podcast now, I'm looking for a new podcast. I'm watching Twitter to see you guys want to uh, post the podcast. Uh, the video is coming, and that's why I was. You guys talking about the situation with Black Arrow and the I'm like, man, I, I know the feeling. I know what it feels like, man. So just keep them coming. Yes, sir, man. We got to do it. Um, yeah, everybody, make sure you check out Drow the Gooner on YouTube. Um, I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up over here, man. Oh, appreciate it, man. Uh, it was an absolute pleasure having uh, you guys having me on, man. So, and, uh, I love it. You guys do. Appreciate uh, it, man. Make sure you guys follow their YouTube videos, man. Those <laughs> on YouTube, man. Uh, those guys, like, I literally laugh every single time I, I check you guys out. <laughs> I'll be laughing when I watch them back too. <laughs> uh, okay, yeah, man. All right, man. I'm going to holler at you soon then, man. All right, man. Have a good one, brother. All right, you too, man. That is the homie, Dro. As y'all see, y'all saw me. I had to go use the bathroom. Damn shame, right? Because I was drinking that coffee. Um, yeah, Dro talking about Arsenal. Hopefully the quality was okay. Um, but if not, then whatever. Uh, I've heard worse quality stuff many times uh, on people actually not even using a phone. But yeah, um, I'm enjoying watching Arsenal. Obviously, I only watched one game, but um, I forgot who they're playing this week. They got some big games coming up. And um, I'm going to be watching. Well, now all the leagues are starting this weekend. So I think Barcelona is playing Athletic Bilbao this Friday. 
Who else? Um, some other big games. I think Real Madrid's playing Celta Vigo. Celta Vigo was trash last year, but maybe they'll be a little bit better this year. Um, who, oh, I think my boy Santimino went to Celta Vigo. Oh, made me so sad. Um, but yeah. Oh, I meant to say this to Drew too. I'm sure that like Pep is looking at Guendouzi like, yeah, I'm going to get him off of Arsenal. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, cut that check. Get Guendouzi. We need him. Um, hopefully some big team don't come for him because I like him on Arsenal. I'd like to see Arsenal do well. Um, but yeah, who, I don't think I said my picks. Uh, I did say uh, who I think is going to win the league um, in the other leagues. Was there anything else I want to say? No, I don't think so. Anyway, uh, make sure you check out Drill the Gooner on YouTube. D-R-O-T-H-A or E, the Gooner. It'll come up if you look for it. Big Arsenal supporter and uh, has a great perspective. Great a great game analyst, in my opinion. And um, if you check him out, you'll see. You don't have to be an Arsenal fan, necessarily. And, and he said he's going to be doing Bundesliga recaps. Maybe that's where I'll get my Bundesliga information from. Because <laughs> we do not cover it. Or maybe Caesar will start watching this year. I don't know. Um, yeah, make sure you check us out. We made a podcast.com. We made a podcast on all social media. We're popping on Instagram. We're on Twitter. We will respond. Uh, check. We're on LinkedIn. Um, if you want to see our t- TV pilots we made, they're on our YouTube channel. Uh, there is a playlist for them. There's four of them. Maybe we'll do another one soon. We'll see. But yeah, we made a podcast episode 120 without Caesar. Sadly, my boys out in Hawaii doing it big, surfing, catching sharks or something probably. You know, out there partying, left without your boy. I, I think he moved there. Who knows? Uh, but yeah, he'll be back for episode 121, I would assume. Yeah, keep it locked. Holla.